0: Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Wednesday, December 16th. Today on the show, Tennessee basketball continues its hot start. We will hear from Chris Lee of VandySports.com to break down the Clark Lee hiring as the Vanderbilt head football coach. But we start with National Signing Day. Hi, my name is Braden Gall, and I am a recovering recruitaholic. Wednesday is National Signing Day in college football, and one lesson I have learned over the years since starting right out of college at Rivals.com over 15 years ago and covering recruiting ever since is that you can fall deep into a recruiting rabbit hole way too easily. Don't get me wrong, I still crave some good National Signing Day hijinks. A mom forging her son's signature on a letter of intent to a different school than the one he wanted to go to. Using live animals in your announcement ceremony, and my personal favorite, holding a giant televised announcement ceremony at your high school to pick from three different schools that had never heard of you. The sheer stones it takes to execute that last one is impressive for Hollywood, much less a high school football player. If you'll notice over the last few years, it feels like these wild National Signing Day shenanigans have been toned way down, because I think coaches, players, and parents began to realize the adverse effects of making these types of headlines. It's bad for the brand. Everyone's brand. You definitely don't want your mom getting pissed at you on national television because you went to Alabama instead of LSU. I've reached the the wake-me-when-the-ink-is-dry point of my recovery. Don't tell me about the labor pains. Show me the baby. National Signing Day for the junkies is the end of a long and very tedious process. It's the high you chase all year long. But for everyone else who doesn't live and die by one 17-year-old's decision... Signing with a school is just the beginning of a very arduous process of competing for championships in college football. As the internet recruiting industry has aged over the last decade, the evaluations have gotten better and the stupidity around the process has thankfully waned a bit. Maybe I just got older, who knows, but it feels like more and more people understand the right approach to football recruiting at your favorite school. It's critically important to the success of your team. It's the lifeblood of competing for championships. No one has sniffed a national title without recruiting at a top 15 level in three decades. But we just don't need to get hung up on every single story about every single recruit anymore. If you're that deep in the weeds, I think you need to take a step back and reevaluate how you use your free time. Outside of a very select few number of elite prospects, in particular quarterbacks, the individual recruits don't really win or lose you a damn thing but the team rankings certainly matter. Alabama is once again shooting for the number one class in America for like the 47th time under Nick Saban this recruiting cycle. Vanderbilt has maybe the best class in school history, ranking in the top 35 by some services. And Tennessee enters National Signing Day with yet another top 15 class. Certainly, in the moment, some nuance is important. Did you dominate your home recruiting territory? Did you sign enough of the guys at a particular position of need? But when it comes to winning championships – It's all about the team rankings over a four- or five-year period of time, not just one outside linebacker you may or may not sign on Wednesday. Clark Lee is the new head football coach for your Vanderbilt Commodores, and I wanted to bring in Chris Lee of VandySports.com, host of the VandySports.com podcast right here on the 440 Sports Network, to give us a sense of how the fans responded and reacted and are receiving the news that Clark Lee is their new head football coach.
1: I think most were pleased with him. I mean, he's a Broyles Award finalist at Notre Dame. I think that his success on the defensive side in a time where it's hard to get stops speaks to people. He's also one of Vanderbilt's own. He was a walk-on. He played with Jay Cutler and Javon Hay and some of those guys. He walked on, and I think that means a lot to people, too, that he would go through the sacrifices that he did. He's well-liked in the community. His family's well-liked in the community. I think that for the most part, it was a solid hire. Some people will have an issue with it, and it may not work out for some of those reasons. Now, you have a group of people who wanted a Will Healy or a Jamie Chadwell or a Jeff Munkin or any number of people. I mean, in most hires, that's the case, right? I mean, unless you're hiring Nick Saban or someone like that, there's always going to be you know, some sort of diversity of opinion. But in this case, I think most people seem to be fairly happy with the hire. To hear the
0: rest of my entire interview with Chris Lee talking all about Clark Lee, the new head football coach of the Vanderbilt Commodores, make sure you check out Fringe Element every Wednesday right here on the 440 Sports Network. We also have Brandon Marcello on to talk about the Gus Malzahn firing at Auburn. But you'll hear the extended conversation about Clark Lee as the head coach for Vanderbilt. Because number one for me is what will the offense look like? We can ask questions about can he build culture and can he recruit? We'll find out. But number one for me is you have a quarterback who is a freshman who as Chris Lee has said in the past, is as good as any freshman has ever been at Vanderbilt and has all the makings of a quote-unquote franchise quarterback for the Commodores. The number one biggest decision and first decision that Clark Lee has to make to find success at his new job, whenever he takes over, is what will his offense look like? What offensive philosophy is he going to build his football program around? And how does Ken Seals fit into that conversation and that equation? If he goes out and hires his buddy to run his offense and has to fire him after one year, that's probably not going to set him up for success long term. So this is an incredibly important decision and the most important decision that Clarkley will make when he does get the job as the Vanderbilt Commodores head football coach. The Vols continue their strong start on the court Tuesday night with an easy win over Appalachian State 79-38. There is no real overwhelming takeaway from a win over an inferior non-conference opponent in college basketball, but there has been a theme through a few games for the volunteers as well as the rest of college hoops, and it does fly in the face of the pattern that we saw develop in college football. In football, because defenses were not able to practice with full pads and full contact really at any point, spring football, summer camps, and even all the way throughout the season, offenses have basically been way ahead this year. They've been running seven-on-seven drills for like eight months straight, and it's why they've been so much more efficient than defenses in college football for most of the season, and only just now are teams like Alabama and Notre Dame able to put together elite-level defensive showings. In hoops, it's been the opposite, and it's why fans don't need to stress about offensive efficiency metrics just yet. The Vols' defense is today, and will be in March, one of the best in the country, And it's because in basketball, defense is about effort and being in the right place at the right time. Closing out on the perimeter or stopping the ball in transition isn't the same thing as trying to shed a 300-pound blocker and make an open field tackle. No, in football, you need practice to be good at defense. You need physicality and reps. In hoops, it's about effort. And Rick Barnes' team has the effort, intensity, and commitment on that end of the floor, and it makes them the best team in the SEC. Tennessee allowed 13 points in the first half on Tuesday night and 38 points total on just 27% shooting against App State. The offense was solid, too, on Tuesday, shooting 49% from the floor, but considering the opponent, that's sort of what you needed to see. With a lot of young, talented players still trying to figure out the best and most efficient rotation, Tennessee just needs to let their defense do the work while the offense rounds into form because that Tennessee D comes off the bus ready to go, and that will keep them in every single game that they play for the rest of the season. And because of that, when the Volunteers' offense does start to find itself, this team is automatically a Final Four contender. Obviously, thank you guys all for listening. It is much appreciated. Please, 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 just tell one person about the show. Just just share it with one person, that's all I ask. My name is Braden Gall, thank you guys all again. Please follow me on Twitter, at Brayden Gall, at 440 Sports. This has been the 440 for Wednesday, December 16th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.